Hi, and welcome to another episode of the DCVC podcast. I'm your host, Akash Pat, and each week I bring you angel investors and venture capitalists to share their insights about investing and everything in between with respect to the Indian startup ecosystem. Today is the first episode where we will cover the everything in between part of that introduction. For the last 63 episodes, we have focused on bringing investors, mostly fund managers, but going forward, I'll be having more non-investment professionals that make up the VC world appear on the show and delve deeper into the aspects other than investing that make up venture capital. And I couldn't have thought of a better person to kick off this new edition than my very, very good friend and someone I've admired professionally for a few years now. Across the virtual table from me is Jitesh Lutra. Jitesh spent the last three years at Bloom building their quote-unquote platforms initiative. What is it, you ask? Well, I'll let Jitesh explain that himself because he's built something that today every fund in India is looking to build themselves. Although he's no longer in venture capital, he's moved on to take up a very interesting and exciting role over at Bridge. You can check them out at www.brdg.app. He still remains in close contact with most people with an Indian venture. And I'm really excited to have him here with me on the show and take us through what he's built over the last few years at Bloom on this episode. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Jitesh. Jitesh, we've been meaning to do this for a long, long time. And uh, I'm really excited to have you today for a number of reasons. I've been thinking about the platform's role and talking to you about it over the last year, year and a half of, of knowing you. And every time we've had this conversation, it's only brought a lot more curiosity, a lot more questions, and more importantly, a lot of appreciation for what you do. And in today's chat, I'm really hoping that you're, you will be able to like share all of your experiences that you've had previously in your job and bring that to a lot of our audiences who perhaps may or may not know what a platform's role is. So we'll delve a little more deeper into it in the coming few minutes. But before that, I'm excited about that chat. Welcome to the show and uh, looking forward to an amazing, amazing conversation. Thanks a lot, Akash. Uh, always a pleasure to uh, speak with you. So this is like any other conversation that I'm sure we've had. So uh, super excited to have a chat about this. Well, I'm going to go straight into it because uh, platforms is a newer function within venture capital and um, it's gained a lot of popularity in the last five years, right? It covers a broad range of responsibilities and mostly post-investment support and services, which can mean a lot of things for different firms. And I've also noticed that uh, there's been a lot of confusion when it comes to what platforms really means. Uh, within the ecosystem, because when I speak to people here, it's slightly more mature. So people have something set up. And then when you talk to people in India, it kind of is more of a floating role. Like you kind of like become jack of all trades. It is post-investment sort of support, but then it kind of becomes a bunch of other things as well. So let's begin there. Maybe you can define the role that you have perhaps been in and then the role that eventually you ended up owning. So the evolution that's come about during your time um, would be great if you could share that with our listeners and what is the role technically supposed to mean within the role and context of venture capital? No, no, absolutely. You're absolutely right. I think uh, it is as fluid as anything because, you know, the interpretations can always change. I think you have to think about it this way. Um, 
One is essentially what does platforms really mean? Simple definition is anything that happens post investment uh, to a large extent is basically how the platform functions are designed. So think of it this way, right? Um, most VC funds are verticalized. So you have the investment teams focusing on certain specific sectors. You'll have different partners, different principals looking at specific sectors, which means they have to become experts there. A platform team is sort of a mix of both generalists as well as experts because they sort of sit horizontally, which means that if, let's say for a fund like Bloom where I was working, uh, you have someone focusing on edtech and you have someone focusing on, let's say, fintech and agri, uh, you have to be the jack of all trades because you have to help all portfolio companies. You can't, right. you can't differentiate in that sense. So that's one way to understand this from a structural perspective. And we'll delve that later because it's important to understand that. Um, and I think within that platform can mean anything, right? Like I think the way I would like to call this normally, and I would say this when I was at Bloom was we're a full stack VC. Now think of leave, if you leave investment aside, what all remains in, an, in let's say a startup's journey, especially early, right? You want to hire good talent. Um, you need to sort of have more sales. So sort of have BD, you want to save more costs. So you need that. You want follow on fundraise, right? You need that. You need in India specifically, regulation and finance is a big aspect. So you need help around regulatory frameworks and finance work. Um, you also want to have sort of a community uh, to learn from others, sort of learning and development. And essentially, if you look at it, these, these six things essentially form the larger platform function, right? In terms of what uh, a VC can offer. It then becomes about each VC fund will approach this differently. Not everyone will have the resources or the prioritization to say, I will do all. Some will do some of them and not the others, right? And I think that's the best way to sort of understand what this looks like. I will say though, at the end, it's pretty much like, this is like the literal definition of let me know how I can be helpful. Uh, but I think if I had to sum it up, that would what it would be. No, that's a great way to um, actually bring together what it really means. And uh, it's meant a lot in the past. And uh, perhaps it in, in the past when I've kind of like looked at it, it might've been considered as a nice to have sort of a role within a VC fund. Uh, but today I really believe it's a need to have. And three major components um, seem to be driving that for a lot of VC funds, no matter what size you are, right? You can see somebody who's a solo GP doing it himself or herself currently in the ecosystem in India. And you also have people um, who are running big funds as the fund that you were in previously uh, doing a fantastic job of, of the same. Now, in my opinion, the drivers kind of are that investors at these firms cannot offer as much hands-on support as their portfolios grow. So it becomes important to have a particular person or a dedicated team that's able to do this. Founders end up asking the kind of support that firms can provide in addition to financing. So like you mentioned, business development, sales, finding the answers. Like it's great for a team, especially we know that early stage founders, when we end up investing in them, sometimes you only end up investing in two founders or three founders and their team is yet to build out. And the support that you're able to offer them kind of becomes almost like an external extended team for that um, startup itself. And that means a lot. And you've kind of like, will have a lot of uh, stories to share from that perspective of how, you know, the founders look at you and you're like, man, you're saving, saving a lot of my time, you're godsend. And that's, it's, it's, it's almost 
um, true to the word in some cases as well. Because I remember a lot of stories uh, of Sanjay sharing. And in fact, recently when I had a conversation with him, he rem- I remember him saying that, you know, you guys were out for dinner one evening and you get a, you got a call and you just disappeared for like 45 minutes. And in that 45 minutes, you were just problem solving. And he's like, he comes back after 45 minutes and he doesn't even make a big fuss of it. He just comes back and says, oh, I had one of the portfolio companies just called and that was pretty much it. So these kind of requests can happen at any point. It's not a nine to five kind of a role at all. And lastly, what's also driving is that new and established funds are looking to differentiate themselves and platform kind of becomes that, right? So I've tried to like capture three things that I feel have, have kind of like propelled the growth of platforms as a service. (laughs) No pun intended here. Um, for VC funds. But what, in your opinion, has kind of like changed within the Indian context? Because I'm talking more either from looking at things here in the US or more from a global context, but what's driven this more so in India? So, uh, great point, uh, Gash. I think first we have to understand that capital is a commodity, right? We're in a, we're two things that are sort of the macro drivers are the fact that one, there is so much capital that gone the times where you can just say, Hey, I'm the one who has more money. Take my money. Right. Like even like, even at Loom, I know that we've had, we keep larger ratios and like even smaller funds raise opportunity funds. Right. So that's one. And second, as a result, it's become a founder's market. It's not about the investor all the time. Now, if you, if you extrapolate this, essentially this means that if you don't have a quote unquote brand, um, how will you sort of build, like, how does a founder choose? Because the best founders will have options, right? So at that point of time, you want to be able to either from past track record, show them, uh, or them already knowing that you are with them in the journey, Mm. right? Because it's the, the role of the investor has changed. Like when I had raised money last for my startup, it was in 2015, 16, the whole way founders and investors worked was very different. Mm. There was no angel list, for example, right? Like there was no let's venture. So I think that's a, that's, that has to be taken into consideration when you're, when you're thinking about this, because that's linked to the evolution, which means that you sort of work far closer as a team. Mm. And that brings to the point of, you know, extended team. And I, I, I have had so many situations like that. Like, I, the moment you were talking about the Sanjay incident, I, I know exactly which founder, what happened. Everything is just right there in memory, right? So I know exactly where we were as well. So you're absolutely right. I think those first two factors are playing a big role. And I think that eventually will make funds realize that it's ultimately not just about your fund size. You have to do far more yeah. because hopefully a founder, when they're deciding on what money to take, mm-hmm. um, if as a fund, your reputation is that, you know, this is all you do. Um, then the founder may not choose that. That being said, uh, I think it's important to understand two more aspects here. Uh, one, that feedback loops in VC are very long. So what you do today, you cannot expect results in six months time. In fact, that was the first thing I think I took back from my conversation with Karthik, even when I was interviewing at Bloom, right? That as a startup person, you're used to sort of figuring things out in three months and sort of moving on. Like it took me sometimes two years. My first two years was still experimentation to know or see the impacts, right? That's, that's certainly one aspect. And the second is, I think we don't, we, we can't forget that ultimately you have to return money to your LPs. So another aspect, which is hard 
is even from the GP side is to sort of get the LPs buy-in. Because imagine if you have X management fees, you have to take a call on who to hire. How do you decide if it's a platform hire or an investment hire, right? So I think these things are not easy to take, but I think ultimately it comes down to your philosophy. It has to flow top down. If, if the GPs don't believe in this philosophy saying that, listen, I'm going to go all out. Money is just a commodity for me. Um, then this will not work. Right. They ha- it has to come from the top. Like, yeah. And I'm saying this because a large part of platform, because it's horizontal, you have to give up control. Hmm. In practical, and you also work for a fund, like, it means that a lot of times networks are restricted. And as I said, like verticalized or like sort of in silos in its own way, because that's how the structures are essentially, right? A true, a good platform function breaks those, which means, for example, I need to be able to connect the dots between, let's say, an agri-tech founder who has this relationship with Metro Cash and Carry, which is a, let's say, a lending relationship in that case, because he would work with a procurement guy and sort of use that relationship to also get business for a retail tech company focusing on a very different side, but can also sell to Metro Cash and Carry. This sort of connecting the dots cannot happen because both in on the investment side, like both companies would be run by different people. Like they would have different leads and they have so much going on in their own uh, lives with sort of, you know, also looking at more strategic aspects of the portfolio companies and so on, that you need someone to sort of take up this quasi operating role. Like the best way to describe this is that you're a non VC signed a VC. And, uh, once you are sort of imbibing that, then it's, then it's fun. Like, I think, I think that's, that's sort of, I think, interesting to look at. And uh, I'm seeing more and more of that happen. Like when I joined Bloom, like 2019, I don't think any fund in India had this role in this manner. Bloom had been doing platforms for a long time before that, because they had the hiring function with Passion Connect. They had Constellation before that with the financial services and the advisory arm. Um, But sort of nothing more structured because it was all, all generalists. You need more specialists in the role, right? So I was one of the earliest hires once Bloom had a little more uh, margin fees to sort of expand the team. And uh, I think that's when we realized that this is, you have to really be in this. It's a mission-driven thing. Coming back to your point about nine to five, right? Like this is a nine to five. Like I, I do this because it's who I am. And it's, it's sort of similar in that sense to how even the investment role is because you have to enjoy it. You can't just say, hey, yeah. like, let me put it this way. Like, I, I recently read this. I think Fred Wilson had written this. Um, this is a customer service job. Agreed. You have only two customers mainly, your LPs and your founders. Yeah. Uh, so for me, like on the platform side, you don't deal with LPs much. Mm. So you have only customers and the founder. Mm. Now, you do what you do in customer service. So sometimes you're the therapist, uh, sometimes you're their sounding board, sometimes, and for me, at least most of the time I was a fixer. Yeah. Right. And, um, different people play different roles. Like at Bloom, we had a dedicated team for hiring. Yeah. We had a dedicated team for focusing on, uh, the financial legal compliance side. We had a separate team for follow on investments. 
we had a separate team for doing learning and development slash community. Uh, recently, also around marketing uh, and comms, right? So, and I did pretty much more of the ecosystem sort of more slightly more vaguer side, but like essentially managing or cost saving or revenue growth, right? Right. Which sort of also encompassed other aspects. Um, so I think it's important also for VCs while you're doing this to sort of, I think if you're starting up on this, you have to sit, figure out what you want to prioritize. Mm. Like hiring is one, which I think should probably be the first function VCs should help with. Um, and, and I think mind you, not, not taking any credit away from the investment teams, right? Like I think every VC helps it's reached that point where if you don't, you have a problem. I think the real question becomes, how, do you want to institutionalize this? Mm. This concept of helping, do you want to institutionalize? Because otherwise it is more ad hoc, right? Yeah. So it's not that someone like Bloom was not helping the founders before. They were, of course they were. The only difference was if, let's say a Kartik or a Sanjay were to be rated on that, if they were four on 10, can a person doing this dedicatedly make them eight on 10? Yeah. Like how proactive can you be? Yeah, like it's the same thing because ultimately you have X number of hours in the day. You can only do X number of things. So like half my job mm. became like a routing manager. So mm. it literally became making sure that a certain introduction from Sanjay happened. Right. Which otherwise he may have missed. Mm. Not because he doesn't want to do it. But because there are just a number of hours in the day. of the job. Yeah. There's just so much happening. Around. Right. And, and that extends on the more network side, because then if you have a person who does this, you just like, okay, you know what, just go out there yeah. and just make sure that we have a larger footprint because in general, as a firm, we like any firm will have a large network because it's a collection of network within your uh, partners, right. Within your uh, team. Right. How much of it you're willing to give up uh, and sort of let others take over for the benefit of the portfolio, I think is a, is a very tough decision to take. Yeah. So you've unpacked a lot of great insights in that response there. And I think I've kind of like made mental notes of three questions uh, and I'll bring them to you one by one so that I don't like overload you with uh, where my thinking is going as well. But one of the great points that you made was regarding feedback cycles. And I remember you and I having this conversation plenty of times in the past. And I asked you, and I, I still find it difficult to, to wrap my head around, how do you basically measure this, right? It's so hard to measure it. Like, how do you like come up with your own KPIs? How, how does the fund evaluate your performance? Of course, it's great to have um, relationships with, uh, with founders, helping them out. But you can't be tracking every little thing that you help them out with. Some of this has to end up being... You know, you got to let go of certain little things that you end up doing because it's not worth measuring. And there are certain things that you obviously have to because it kind of like helps the fund as well. So when you're sitting and drafting, say, at the beginning of the year, end of the year, you're sitting with your team and you have to like then say, okay, this is what we've done from a platform's perspective. Um, and I'm kind of like asking this question on behalf of somebody who might be in this role or a fund who's thinking about setting this role up. How would they look at measurement or impact of a person who's in this role and a person who is in this role, how should they be thinking about measuring themselves? And how did you kind of like do it yourself? You've given me the toughest question to answer. <laughs> uh, the, the reality, Akash, is that even funds in the US who are far more mature uh, don't have the right answer. 
right. i'm part of a platform community of about 1000 people i was at least yeah. uh, until last month like even they struggle with this at, at the moment right and there are some other struggles which i'll which i'll also cover i think let's let's take a step back uh, on this i think if you're a fund who's thinking through okay how do we do this first i think it's like asking okay do i hire a sales person or hire a bd person Mm. the challenge is we talk measurement and we go through how you would hire a sales person and sort of give them targets i think the first lens has to be to think of this like a bd role right right and and this is specific to a lot of the network roles like i played basically the head of networks essentially right mm. um so it has to be balanced out uh, in terms of how you look at this obviously i can i can sort of map out different kpis for different roles like you can literally put a framework together saying for hiring it has to be different for for communities it has to be different but i think the first thing the firm has to figure out is why do we want to do this mm. half the time it's fomo right and if you're walking into something because you see others doing it you've designed yourself a failure yeah already because yeah. you have no insight of why the other person has really done this right so i think the first thing you have to ask as a firm is like yes we want this mm. firstly what kind of person do we want i think a logical start is to have a generalist on board right. right either you do that or you get a specialist around hiring i think that's the two ways to take this up at least in the indian context to start with because right. you ask any founder what's the biggest challenge it is hiring yeah right so if i had to choose i would say start with hiring first don't even hire someone like me right uh, because a lot of that would already be happening in its own way from the existing investment team the partners because they already know people it's not that they don't know people right mm-hmm. um i think it once you reach a sort of critical mass of portfolio where you're not able to give enough time to all or you now want to sort of feel like saying okay i want to know what i did tracking becomes a big aspect of this as mm. a result right so that's a point perhaps where you say okay you know what i have enough people uh, on the investment side let me try and figure out and hire like a more generalist who will take up let's say a few things right the challenge again there is that how to take a call so like i think a network role becomes a natural fit because a network role complements hiring as well it's not in isolation right a lot of funds have taken the approach of saying hey i'll hire somebody around marketing and sort of get them to do newsletters you're designing them for failure if that person doesn't like it mm. right so i think it it has to flow from your dna and if your dna is not like and i think it's completely fine right like if a fund says hey i'm not going to do this from a ta- from a strategic perspective like i'm not going to dedicatedly hire like full time people or like a team because you know we have good irr will do it this way which is great um but i think to answer your second question in terms of how we would approach this honestly like first first year year and a half we didn't have any of this it was a lot of this ends up becoming nps and i'll tell you how it became nps mm. it's a very very small ecosystem you would agree that right like so if i am not truly helping founders will not say anything right if you are truly helping you will get mentions in monthly board updates in board calls mm. in like i've had situations where i have an email from a founder 
which is his monthly update saying thanks to jitesh and team for thanks to jitesh and bloom team for 10 intros they made this week or this month right so there are these proxies for the firm to know that you're doing something mm. right which goes back to saying that if you you can't do this if, if you think it's 95 because this has to happen all the time right so that's certainly i would say that's the most logical part because you can always get like a feedback from the founder saying hey did this actually happen yeah right um and so on that's the first step i think the second becomes to sort of again depending on the role sort of then i can i can ask i can talk about the network so at least i think then it becomes a little deeper to say okay this is great what have i really covered in the portfolio like how many how many sec, like how many people outside the founders do i know Uh, how many intros have we made for business how many how many how many dollars have we saved them right um what kind of other help have we get, gotten them you're absolutely right like not all of it measurable going back to the sanjay example that you took that 45 minute call i would not like write that anywhere exactly because trust me like i would not be able to explain the kind of help i gave yeah it's so intangible right yeah. so but at the same time I think it was lucky that it happened in front of. <laughs> I was about to say that the you didn't have to measure it because it, Sanjay saw it happening in front of him, right? But to be honest, even if it had happened without him being around, hmm. it wouldn't have changed the way I would have handled the situation. Right. At max, you know, I would have just informed the lead of that portfolio company, saying, "Hey, by the way, this is what the portfolio company is go- going through right now," because a lot of times. Yeah. and this again depending on your relationship right like what i was observing was a lot of times founders used to treat me exactly to a point like an excel team mm. there is still this layer of investor founder that exists yeah. yeah i think it's your job as a portfolio or as a platform resource yeah to make the founder feel you are part of that team right and at times that means sharing things they would not even go to the lead with so you know you keep bringing up a lot of points where i want to ask follow up questions and i'm hanging on to them yeah please please go ahead. like me please go ahead. Like ask right away so i'm going to like interrupt you for a minute um how does that make the people on the investment team feel because it was their investment they led it it was their relationship initially to maybe sometimes winning the deal but then maybe the value add the value add is um, perhaps coming from you so sometimes that could be something that an investment lead can sit with and sometimes it could just you know be a rift so how do you manage that i i i kind of like get it that it comes down to you in terms of your relationship nuances all of that but there may have been situations where it kind of becomes awkward that the go to person is not the investment person but you so while somebody is setting up a role like this internally is it also important for investment team members and everybody who is kind of like involved to understand that this is a team effort it doesn't matter who is leading that it could be jitesh it could be anybody else who is leading the investment it could be sajit on the team who has actually done that um but at the end of the day it's bloom or exactly. whatever fund it is so have has that kind of like happened in your situation and uh, how do you think is the best way to kind of like solve for that see i think the best to look at this is that it's a team effort at the end of the day and i think it's it's perfectly fine to also have regular check-ins and mm. have the cadences in place like i would do regular check-ins with the internal with team. the leads yeah of course of course because see ultimately um 
in fact you are you are as important a member for the founders as you are for the investment team right because there were times akash that i would have intel with the investment team member just doesn't have the bandwidth to get right yeah right so you have to think of it like that saying listen i just have one more person who does not have the who's not constantly looking at pitches mm mm who's going out whining and dining also far right. more than i am yeah and coming back and saying okay cool by the way like okay you want to do a dd for this company here are three intros like mm. i give an example there were times where somebody in the firm was doing like was evaluating a deal and wanted to speak with portfolio founders who are not in his or her portfolio mm right i was the person who would make that happen normally you would like in a way you're also reducing the burden of the senior leadership by doing that because you have a parallel channel to the ecosystem in a way mm. right so the work in fact long term what starts at post investment actually has a big role played in pre investment also because you're able to like what if i could get you five customer conversations right when you pitch right so you're winning right. a deal for the for, for the fund technically exactly exactly right like i've heard stories of sequoia in the us i don't know where i heard this where they would send this one b2b founder one warm lead a day wow okay just one warm lead a day like just imagine that yeah this is pre investment they had not even like this is just wooing the founder yeah we haven't reached there yet we are there in some ways but i think that will be a great problem to have mm. i would love to be in that position to say okay, you know what let's just go and do this so i think coming back like you have to work with the investment team together and i think like one thing which we did well at bloom was do these regular check ins and make the investment team part of the process mm. see because if you are expecting the network to be transparent it works both ways mm. right and that's where it works the other way where if i'm in that position and i'm like say if also by the way it's our job the platform person's job to make the investment person look better mm. if you think about it because there would be times where i would take the back seat and let the investment person drive things yeah so this is a zero ego role oh it is it's a thankless job also yeah so it 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 works like you're absolutely right there will be times where you could feel or the investment team member feels like you you're reaching out to that person more but i would say that if you're really thinking like that i think you've lost the battle mm. because then you're not thinking about the firm anymore right right you have to think about the firm for the firm always comes first absolutely it's it's football right it's it's exact i i always go back to i'm a sports fan like you are like it's always about the team first yeah so when we're in battle we will uh just go all out so i think i think in that sense the team cohesion is very very important because also i think it's important to slightly connected to that i think it's important for the fund to decide and this could be a separate question uh, we can take up is i don't think you should mix investment and platforms in a in a in a structured manner which means that i think you should let platform people be clear that the path to investment team by default does not exist mm. because in a way you have made the investment team also a little at ease think about it because if you're part of the investment team and i am working on the platform team in the same fund um if you just if you even have one tingling of what you said saying hey jitesh is doing far more than i am yeah um 
you'll have a fear about me taking up things that you're doing. Yeah. But that's not what I'm here for. I cannot evaluate pitches as right. well as you can. Yeah. Right. But we have to work together because tomorrow if you need to speak with somebody at a BCG or a Bain who you may not know, I'll open that door if I do. Mm. Right. So we would work very closely. In fact, we would work equally closely pre-deal around thesis than we would work post-deal. Mm. So I think there's a large part of that which happens with the investment team for sure. I can't work without that. So you also talked previously about how to how to build these networks and opening these doors and having the right conversations with the people, winning deals, um, supporting ad hoc, sometimes even preempting these requests before they come in, right? How do you do that? Where do you start? Because I guess, I guess it takes a lot of understanding of where the fund is at currently, what the investment team is thinking about, um, conversations with the investment team, understanding what trends that they're looking into. And I guess the toughest thing is with the portfolio scales, you have, you probably, it's easier to do in the early days. You perhaps will have 15 companies, 10 companies. Okay, manageable. And the company, when the companies grow and you have a 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 portfolio companies that you're sitting on, this is a nightmare to manage. And even yep. as the company scale, you know, like you could, when you invest, you perhaps invest in the seed stage and then CDs A. But what requests come in at seed and series A is so different from those requests coming in at series D, series E. Perhaps the fund may not be part of the conversations. You might have gotten secondary exits, all of that, but they will be companies that you may continue to have pro rata because the value add initially and the founders Absolutely. want to keep you on because good karma. We're like, hey, you guys have been helpful. You guys will continue to be helpful. I want to work with you people. And there will be cases that happens may not always happen with every portfolio company that scales. How do you like manage that? How do you internally then say, okay, I've managed to build a network of people that can help out at, how do you, okay, maybe I'll rephrase that because you can't technically build networks, keeping the portfolio stage in mind. You have to perhaps think about a larger strategy in mind and knowing where your companies are scaling. And that's a harder thing to do because you're obviously, you've got the day job of helping them out. And at the same time, you've got to be thinking about as they're scaling in your head, that growth, your mind is almost eight months ahead, like how a founder is thinking, like, okay, eight Absolutely. months ahead, I want to be. So that's a hard thing to wrap your head around. And um, yeah. in retrospect, I guess you'll have a lot of insights, but while doing this day to day, maybe like two years ago, how did you manage the expectations of um, the role in your own head? And most importantly, how did you manage the expectations of the portfolio as it grew? So no, I'll, I'll split this into two, three parts. Akash, very, very, very interesting question. Relevant again. See, I think the first thing is that, and this is purely coming from a seed early stage investors lens, right? First goal is always to get them through the series A, right? And you're absolutely right. The questions, the challenges, the help you can provide in a series C will be very different in a seed or series A, right? So I think you also have to consciously take that call. And mm -hmm. I think initially because it's ad hoc, it can still work. So I would say for us, the first thing became, like I'll give an example. Um, when I joined in, Boomer just started investing from fund three, right? Naturally, what made sense was for me to spend more time with those companies. Right. Because the relationship is starting from scratch. Yeah. I can't randomly go to an academy and say, hey, let me help you. It's a waste of their time. It's a waste of my time. Mm. Which is important because... While an unacademy will have a large impact on the IRR, 
of the fund mm. it may not give me my roles pnl mm. so my what we call as roti right it's on time invested uh heard this first from kartik again um i think that becomes important that those conversations are had saying that okay here are 80 companies let's split them first right fund uh b2b b2c uh and sort of even sectors sectors will probably come last if you ask me b2b b2c comes first right so from my lens from a networks lens it became very clear that the impact will make in b2b is far higher than b2c because just the ability to open doors around partnerships and sales is very different b2c need a growth person mm. so probably hiring is far more important there than someone like me right so naturally you will it's not that you will not help b2c companies but you will probably not create a programmatic approach around that right right um and different funds can look at differently a d2c focused fund actually has it very easy because you sort of already know the only companies you're investing in yeah. we didn't have that luxury because we ha- we were we are a generalist fund like bloom is a generalist fund right so i think that had to be uh, an important distinction and once we got to that lens saying okay b2b will be higher then you go fund wise so i would always start the relationship with a like a layer, newer investment first because the delta is higher the ability to create a massive impact in a short period of time because first impressions are last impressions right yeah so i think like i would always say this that the second meeting with the founder is the hardest the first meeting happens because the investment lead says so mm right they will particle say hey meet jitesh he's part of the team the founder has a certain impression about vcs anyway whether he or she admits it or not let's be honest right we've all been on that side yeah it becomes so hard to prove to the founder that dude i can help and the only way to do it is to show it right. right so i think that's the best way to start because you want to start with either a cleaner slate or with existing relationships and then like me walking and saying who oh, i'll go and help exotel from day one which is a fund one company makes no sense because you're walking into a situation where the founders like who the hell are you right so i think that's i feel that's a better way to approach this to start and then you sort of build it from there now why this is important is you now you're going back to the earlier question about the investment team build that collaborative approach from day one right saying listen we are going in as a team yeah so while the investment team member focuses on you know the strategic aspect around how the mis has to be the broader numbers how the fundraise strategy will be i would not get into that i would be like okay tell me your top 20 accounts you need doors to be open on mm. great thanks mm. see you later and often work with the investment team saying hey who do we know who do we know and we try to build our process around that um and i i had to uh, leave the firm before i think we sort of prioritize a lot of this but we did i think get moderate success like in certain like a couple of the companies i think this one company i'll not name them but like i think pre before the series a um, like between the time we invested and they got the next round i think we were like 70% of the sales pipeline mm. right um and that was huge because i think it accelerated their round so back to your question yeah right and the founder will not forget that so you sort of i think you get then you have to keep proving it with successive support but i think it's perfectly fine to also take a call beyond a point and would do that internally every quarter or half year saying the listen 
who's our top it's an 80/20 rule who's our top 20 this time right top 20 will give 80% of the time right. and the rest let's try and bucket it uh, was it working like that in practical often not mm. because your nature of wanting to help is there but i think that's a better lens to look at this. now this also means in practical like if you look at bloom's portfolio for example and on the academy or spinny may not be in the top 20 companies from my lens as a network person because you have to balance the stage the fund position perhaps and the realistic aspect of can we really help them right on this front yeah and let's say kartik will come back and say that you know what i don't think you need to spend time on an academy or arpit could say you don't need to spend time on spinny at this point but please keep an eye on this xyz thing if it comes down to it right um and then sort of build from there if you need to mm. and whereas like somebody may come and say that listen oh by the way there is one company um which we really want to raise this year or this next 6 8 months they're just starting their fundraise i think showing a larger pipeline will be great so can we prioritize this it was a collective decision mm. amongst the entire team because then for example like i would report to sanjay the conversation would be had there that okay how do we decide if a edtech company in a series a situation comes above let's say the other one right yeah. it seems it's that structured but then comes the last reason how hungry are the founders mm. i will always work with a hungry founder even if that's not part of the priority what do you mean by that though i mean it's a mix of the relationship it's a mix of them wanting the help see as you know asking for help is not easy yeah right there are always certain founders who i would end up working with far more mm. than i perhaps needed to mm. not because i can't not just because of how the relationship became right and that was a mix of just chats with founders or like other things so it it's like i used to always say this in venture right like you make your rules to decide on what companies to invest in and you're the first person to break it yeah because we are the ones to bring in the exceptions it's the same thing here mm-hmm. but broadly i think it becomes to have those guardrails at the same time saying doing those check-ins like every 3 months saying okay here's where we are at um what i started doing was at the end sort of measuring the intros made uh trying to add a layer of top line revenue from there um the one thing that helped though as a hygiene was we had a perks program every almost every fund has a perks program now that's a great way to give instant help mm. because everyone wants aws credits mm. right and i became the person who would be the sole person in the team so the so coming back another thing, another point important here back to your investment team point is the communication internally has to be completely sacrosanct mm. so if a founder says hey i need aws credits can you help me they would always be directed to me right like it was no questions asked like nobody would be taking it on their ego saying hey, i want to mm. it's right? important because relationship goes there yeah it was important to have that clarity yeah and that helps because then the investment team member can brag yeah saying oh you want this i'll get it done and who would get it done i would get it done you would get it done right yeah. so this is important because if that only happens when you would start to think of this like 
one of my colleagues anirvan lai like he's, he's he leads sat investment at bloom like he and i would work very closely on this mm. just so tactical where we would discuss okay this is what i'm thinking of offering to this particular company can we deliver right so you become like this i call it like you're the consigliere mm. if anyone who's listening to this has seen godfather right you are the one who is doing the dirty work yeah um and just going out there and handling things for the lack of a better word to to kind of make that's it that's a gist that was actually used for me yeah to to basify <laughs> this term a little more you are basically the circuit to amunna basically basically yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i think you have to be happy with that in a lot yeah. of ways because um it's not that you'll not get the limelight yeah um or you'll not get the credit or the glory Yeah. I think ultimately, because the fund cycles and the feedback loops are so long, um, if you're doing good work, it will show. Mm. It will show somewhere. It will show in a party when the founder separately goes and talks to you, and somebody will observe it. It will. It will show in some way, shape, or form. Right. Because you can't fake that. You cannot fake. When the relationship is business, we yeah. cannot fake this in yeah. the long term. That's my belief, and I think anyone who's coming to the soul can always think of it from that lens and. if you're doing good work it will ultimately work out yeah i remember um, you know having been in a similar sort of i wouldn't probably say platform role but uh, spent a little bit of time at thai bangalore before i moved to the us and um, there was a guy on the team who actually did a fantastic job of of just this and his job was investor relations at that point his name is subramaniam tg um, i'm sure you know the subbu as well um but his role was very similar where his job was basically to um maintain these relationships and um it's so important to have that kind of personality as well and it's like you said going back to that initial sort of um what it takes to be in this role i don't think this is a role that you can learn on the job in terms of hey i find it interesting and therefore i want to go do it no it has to be personality driven like you have the personality and therefore you will do better on the job it's not about just saying i i can do this no it's about getting somebody who has that kind of knack to 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 actually be that outgoing person building relationships somebody who under, connecting with the dots i think that's the best way that you put it across both during the recording as before as well while when we were like chatting about it offline you said connecting the dots connecting the dots is perhaps the hardest thing to do um given the number also of- it's art it's a mix of art and science definitely given the number of variables that you just talked about um i mean every day is different and i i kind of like wanted to ask you this question a long time ago um but i'll i'll probably pose it to you right now what is a typical day in your most busy week because every every day kind of sounds like a busy day every day sounds like it is a busy week i make intros every day i make intros every day that's it is that basically like i would say my job was to make intros Yeah. Yes. And how do you? What is the manifestation of connecting the dots? Ah. It is to make intros. How do you follow up with that? Like, how do you know that that's actually going somewhere? Because it's so easy to get lost in that loop. Because, you know, you and I have discussed this previously as well. Like, I make intros. We make intros. Not just for our portfolio companies. We just make intros in general to people. And in fact, you and I were discussing just before jumping on this call that I have a call with Ishan later in the evening, who you connected me to. you know so hard <laughs> to like really keep keep a track of people that you end up connecting and knowing where that where that relationship is going and even if it's going sometimes it's hard for somebody to know that it's gone somewhere 
so yeah. um for somebody in this role i mean not talking about from a measurement perspective but more from just a um from from your own personal perspective of hey can i actually follow up and see is it actually gone somewhere because this may be a relevant conversation and if this is a relevant conversation then i think i know two other people who may be very similar and you are kind of like making mental notes about a particular founder a particular team a particular um, portfolio company who you can then add extra value again going back to like building your own feedback cycles so that you have to like build it yourself or sometimes naturally some founders may come and be like hey it's a great conversation man uh thanks for the intro yeah. but sometimes that doesn't happen because busy lives people have other things to get to how proactive are you and does a person in this role have to be and you got to be pretty shameless i guess also in terms of just keep going back and back and like it's okay i've been there you've been there but um how much so, of that is also personality driven so i think uh partly personality driven because like my my brain will just not forget it yeah but you can't scale that i think here's where tech becomes important once you have process and bridge you can bring tech right it's a it's interesting you mentioned that because part of this problem is what led me to even go back to startup life right yeah. which is to work with bridge that i'm doing right now yeah. and half the time bridge would solve that problem for me because i would get the feedback email so like from the bridge intros basically saying yeah how it was yeah. and with certain of those intros i didn't have to worry because i would get that data in the app um and that did help it's actually those triggers actually sort of made me want to jump ship right yeah. but eventually at scale hopefully everybody does that but i'll be honest like you will miss a lot of those like you would try and do a lot of the follow ups but not every will work uh, there'll be many cases where obviously uh, you think you're helping by making the intro but the the call actually doesn't work out as you said um if we want the feedback so we want to be very very shameless about it mm. but i think that's where the founder relationship comes down right like it's it's important to sort of uh make sure that you are able to have that line yeah. um actually an interesting point on that where i sort of at the call i took very early uh, was that i told bloom that listen you guys like at the investment team side know the founders better i will focus on knowing the cxos better interesting so that as a firm allows you to more coverage point yeah. one yeah. it actually makes feedback faster mm. because beyond a point the founder's job is to just fundraise yeah and capital raising and capital allocation is their only job yeah. right but if you have the team who you know well and you've actually helped help knowing them is basically them feeling you are add value right Hmm. um feedback becomes faster because i don't need to go to like the number of times i would trouble brijesh adanzo uh, when i could have troubled kabir yeah um was hilarious or even even kartik mishra like both have left now but um and we were still talking about it recently like kartik and i were recently talking about that uh kartik has left to join uh, sorry startup uh, uh, d5 focus startup right so i think that became a conscious call it was a interesting thing because people pride on founder relationships and using founder as a broader term right so for me it never became oh i need to know uh, garam munjalo i need to know this particular founder as long as we had enough coverage and things were getting done and there was needle was moving it worked 
so i think people need to sort of it's it's his ego ultimately i think that people like to brag and say hey i know this i know that i really don't care yeah um ultimately you here if 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 i if what i'm doing is serving and making the needle move in terms of helping the founders it's helping the portfolio ultimately right mm. then cxos are a big part of it other engineers are a big part of it right so i think that was the other way that i tried to hack this um and uh, it was a unique way because i didn't see many people do that yeah and again you can't fake it like i can't just go there on a strategy it mm. just i just realized you had to do something different right so and and it just i think worked well because there are times you want to get things done there are times you want pilots to be done. like the reverse would work very well where like sometimes the investment team member would come back and say hey again back to dd right mm. let's say they come back and they're looking at a deal and they say hey i need to speak with these three consumer companies do you really think i'm going to trouble the founder of course no yeah it's because i know the cto or can write to the cto or the uh, somebody else in the cxo team yeah. um that gets done faster right because they know if they're coming and saying something or somebody from lumi coming and saying something let's help them out because ultimately what you also realize and i also realize is there are more people like us yeah we have to find them. yeah so i think that was the other way that we did this i think the subtext here is reputation is everything because you talked about you know founders wanting to take calls with you or even the cxos taking calls with you having conversations at dinners with you um or even wanting to come to you the only reason they'll come to you is because you've delivered something i mean it's it's a results focused industry in general and also a very results focused role even though the results are very tough to measure and may feed, feedback cycles may be harder but it's only because you're adding quote unquote value and whatever that value can mean and it needs to be um something that you ensure you hold yourself up to and most importantly the founder see it from that perspective or the team on the other side sees it from that perspective if you talked about discipline before jumping on um the conversation today you know we talked about the remote world being i kind of like made a note of it when you said that you said remote world means freedom and freedom kind of just means discipline um that means it also applies if you're kind of like applying that into your personal life in some way subconsciously you're also kind of like applying that to your professional life and uh, yeah. following up with these requests ensuring that there's um you know value that's being driven almost every day you said intros and everything that builds good reputation but at the same time with great reputation also comes the risk of losing it because it takes you years to build good reputation it's cliche right and it takes you like a couple of like one or two mistakes or even one conversation to actually break all the years of hard work that you've done um how do you manage that accountability on your side to know that it's <laughs> it's a hard 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 job and you've got to like maintain that because you may leave bloom you may leave whatever form you're at but your goodwill lasts with you your lifetime like cuz today you're at bridge yeah. tomorrow you may start your own company you might be at another vc fund but all the relationships and the good work and the groundwork that you laid during bloom your time at bloom is going to continue throughout your life and people will want to work with you people will want to like pick up your call people want to support you and it's so important to actually think of this as a long term role because it's not just your job it's not just a 2 3 5 10 years that you're at your current role that is going to define this is something that will stick to you for your life so somebody going into this role needs to realize that it's a very reputation um risky job you don't do a good job you just develop a bad reputation internally of course the fund obviously will kind of like go frustrated with you and end up probably firing you and third is the people who you tried to help 
will know that you actually maybe your interest might be at a good place but you actually didn't deliver so it's also bad uh, in in one way or the other so how do you yeah, so, that out so i mean I, i'll i'll answer that in two three parts i think first um look at it this way i i was actually idealistic or a romanticized view of this working with the founder is a fiduciary responsibility what mm-hmm. that means is very simple and i'm now on the operating side so i can tell you right like the days are so crazy think of it this way i would think of it this way that the days are so crazy because i have been there right so the empathy factor has to be very high. we didn't even like empathy is a is probably the biggest part here yeah. right because once you have empathy like i would look at this way that if someone from the portfolio is taking time out from their crazy day anyway mm. and asking for help mm. it is my fiduciary responsibility mm. to help them right nothing else matters mm. not even my sleep that's my way of looking at this right mm. and i think it's a little bit of a like i'm going a little conceptual but i think if you have that ingrained then all of what you said doesn't matter because you will naturally make those decisions if you are helpful as a person anyway which goes back to the point of you know you hire for the person not for the jd mm. right um you will do this for, like i would do this for fun i do this for fun you do this for fun mm. right you do this because you like to do it like i connect you to people you will connect me to people in general right i will help you even if you don't ask me for help right so imagine getting paid for it yeah bonus so like for me it was a dream role because i'm like dude this is insane yeah you're getting paid to do what the jobs doing. exist what you do yes the jobs exist yeah right i would do this anyway so it took me a little while like maybe 6 months in the role to understand that but once i got it like dude this is amazing yeah right and then things just flow because then good karma compounds agreed and anyone who helps people knows that you don't help for expectation back you just help because like that's my dopamine hit yeah that's what drives me and like i think which is why i think it's important for people to think about this like don't think about like a platform role to break into vc yeah because that sort of will not get you far because if you try to think of the fact that you know oh i am at a vc i need to do this founders to listen to us hell no yeah you're a supporting actor at best at best mm-hmm. yeah at best i'll repeat that like so like you start believing that where things will move which gets connected to having less ego and so on right yeah and because you do this consistently you can't fake it so if i was faking it in 2 years it will show in year 3 somewhere mm. somewhere it will show that this is not who he truly is yeah and because the ecosystem is so small eventually it will even out so i'm a firm believer of like just doing things because that's the right thing to do yeah and learn that at bloom as well like i would see that happen real time right not because it suits your interest but because it's the right thing to do and and that can't be top right so once you do that then whether i'm here whether i'm bridge like working on this whether i'm tomorrow working with you or whatever right that secondary because ultimately you want to work with good people um and even obviously founders and and whoever else right so i think yeah. eventually it will then 
I actually want to flip the question now because you've been on the VC side and now you're spending a lot of time on the operating um, side of the table. How do these, um, how is your experience kind of like helping you at your day job now? Because it doesn't seem like it's very different. I mean, so it's funny because now I am still selling or like working with like our GTM is still in the ecosystem. Yeah. At Bridge, so like it's a, it's a good, it's a good um, natural segue. Um, and we are like a lot of my, a lot of the YPA users are VCs. Yeah. I was one, right? Yeah. So it became a natural uh, shift and it, it does help because yeah. you're able to sort of think through uh, processes and value propositions and so on. But I think more importantly, um, the ability to parallel program yourself, um, it's sort of like there's so much used to happen at the same time. Uh, while it even happens on the on the operating side uh, on the on the VC side, I think the one thing which I've started to learn is how to handle this. So we have these four quadrants, right? Like urgent, important, matrix. Yeah. Um, a large part of the platform work would be not urgent but important. That's mm. the toughest part right. because you rarely have deadlines, and it's also easy to lose track of it because it's not also. Urgent. Akash, if you don't do it, nobody will ask you. Yeah. Imagine this, right? Like a founder calls you or like somebody calls you saying, Hey, Jitesh, um, we are trying to get like a thing clear. Like our Facebook account is stuck. Do you know somebody there? Can we help? Yeah. It's very easy for me to say yes. And then forget about it. Right. right. He or she will not even ask me again right. because their problems we solved. The point at that point is to take a call and say, okay, what do I leave and what do I do at this point? Mm. And then you have to go all in, right? Mm. Like you have to decide then how deep will you go? Right. Some people leave it at saying, Hey, I will introduce and they will take it forward. In some cases you have to take a call and say, no, I have to be involved in the process because I'll tell you again, back to the point of receiving a fiduciary responsibility. There's so many things you can get done just because of that. Right. Use that to the benefit um, with certain vendors and so on to the benefit of your portfolio. Right. Mm -hmm. I think coming back to what you asked me in terms of learnings from uh, operator life, learnings to operator life, I think um, that's played a big role because I think I've how to be able to manage multiple things at the same time, sort of like I never left that because a lot of people think that transition from operator to VC back to operator could be difficult. I was never a true VC anyway. Mm. So it, wasn't really that hard yeah. Uh, because I was sort of wearing those shoes, maybe 20%, not like a typical VC would wear that, like maybe five, 10%. Uh, I was wearing maybe 25, 30%. And now I'm wearing 100%. I, I think you've heard me say this before as well. I always think of myself as an operator stuck in a VC body. And I, yeah. and I've, I've bumped into a lot of people like me. Uh, and you in the ecosystem and you know them we're friends with a couple of them as well and who kind of like yeah if they come across you get to know somebody who's who's more like a builder and who is just wearing a hat for a limited period because that itch to go back and build is always going to be there <laughs> and uh, yeah. it's, only about a, it's only a matter of after, after which you're like hey you know what i'm probably going to try out the other side of the table and you know vc is always going to be available um either on the side or as a full-time job in the future as well um i know you're not one for advices, but you're somebody who thinks in terms of mental models and structures. Um, I want to leave all of our listeners who are thinking about 
either setting this up from a fund perspective or people who are heading into this role um looking at you know job openings across india around the world wherever people are listening in from because this is going to be a very critical part of how funds grow and how funds continue to support their portfolio companies and i believe strongly that this is perhaps going to be one of the most critical critical jobs within venture capital in the next 5 10 years as indian vc also develops and matures over the few um over the next uh, decade or so so how would you recommend somebody build this out especially if they they haven't and they're thinking about it and second how would you if you were looking back at your own career and you're starting in this platform role today what do you know now that you would tell yourself that kind of would set you up for success and of course give you give, give yourself a much more of a reality check hey that do this for the right reasons not because it kind of seems sexy from the outside because it's very unsexy once you get into things and that is whole venture yeah. capital in general it's it seems very glamorous on the outside and of course great it's not it's not as much when you start doing it so keeping those uh, keeping those things as the foundation of your uh, of this question how would you kind of like think about it from a mental model perspective so first i'll answer from the firm's perspective i think it's critical for the firms to truly have a think around this um and like always i'm personally happy to chat i think one thing which we didn't cover which i think it's important to highlight here is uh growth paths in platform are very tough right um so as a firm when you're trying to think through this please be open minded about how growth looks like mm. i've spoken to enough people even in the us who hit a ceiling because where do if i like if i want to do this for 10 years what does it look like right i think that is a change in mental models on all funds in in general because at least in india you're not designed like that you're not structured like that right how do you compare a vc principal versus let's say somebody on platform with the same designation right, right. i think that's important to think through i uh, saw so a lot of that at bloom anyway but i think that would be my advice to uh firms for sure they in some cases they like, you know more than me but i think don't think of this as like a support function by default but think of this as like a horizontal um and only when you start think of it as a horizontal will it hopefully work in the long term right um otherwise it is designed to fail it is designed to fail and you will you will be frustrated the person who you hire or the team you will hire will be frustrated and uh, i think you have to identify the uniqueness also from your side like do you want to take you want to become the person who does a lot of memes that's perfectly perfectly fine please hire someone like that yeah right it's perfectly fine for or if you want to focus more on the marketing side please hire a much better person there or on the or on the network side please focus there whatever or hiring idly uh, so i think that will be from the from the fund side i think in terms of an individual looking to do this one please only think of this if you're a person who likes to help and you know if you are this is going to be the best role of your life yeah because it is just as said like someone paying you to do what you would do anyway right right and um, walk into that from that lens and if you really like to help people nothing better and vc gives you a great platform uh, to be able to sort of build on that 
because I think you have a different kind of a responsibility that comes with it. Um, third, if I had to sort of look at in hindsight, um, I think I would put more guardrails into what I did. Uh, I think I started measuring a little late. Okay. Um, I measuring becomes important because like somewhere you still have to also tell yourself, like you don't want days where you didn't know what you did or whether you actually did something or not. Yeah. Whereas you certainly would have made a difference to certain people. So I think somewhere I would maybe put measurement as something I would start earlier. Um, not to show, but for self, mm. if not anything else. And then try and think of this softwares are your friends, but please build processes first. We often go tools first. We don't go processes first. So I think mm. that has to be imbibed and it fails if you don't have the right team around you. Right. If, if the GPs and if the leadership does not believe truly in uh, democratization of network, this fails. This is fantastic, Jibesh. I think I've learned more about this role today than the last whatever two years of knowing you and having sporadic conversations around it. Um, this is straight from the heart. This is obviously a lot of um, retrospective insights that you've kind of like shared with us. And I'm really hopeful that anybody thinking about it from a perspective of setting this up internally, because I've had conversations with people, right, in terms of how are they thinking about um, the platform's role or comes in different names and shapes and forms across um, VC today. Um, that it's going to take time for people to actually set something up. It's not easy to say, hey, it's not like saying, hey, I want to hire an associate or principal because those are defined roles. Going back to a very fantastic point that you made, understand what this role really means, what it covers, what's the progress, what's the growth. All of that is so important. And you don't know a lot of that, especially if you're starting a fund. Fund one, it's really difficult for you to have this person from day one. This is the GP's role. Uh, in the first fund or maybe even the second fund it's you know when as you continue to scale is when these kind of like roles become extremely important that's also when your portfolio has grown so thank you again for being on the podcast and sharing such amazing insights with us and um, I really really hope people do get in touch with you in fact even though you've left VC you're very adjacent to VC because you're some of your biggest clients are in VC I hope a lot of them get in touch with you as they're thinking about this and you can really become an advisor to funds who are thinking about setting this platform role. And I would definitely, definitely, um, you know, whenever I talk to people, I always tell them if they're thinking about this role to have a conversation with you simply because there's so much that you've, I mean, this is a good what We spoke for what an hour or so. And I think there's so much that's packed into this episode that people can really take a lot away um, before they even start thinking whether they need this role or not. This is more of a reality check for them in one way. So um, thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much for having me, Akash. It was amazing. And I didn't even realize it was an hour. Well, that brings us to the end of my conversation with Jitesh. And to say that it was an insightful episode doesn't do enough justice to him. He has been more than generous in sharing with us his previous work, the playbook, and most importantly, aspect of venture capital that doesn't really meet everyone's eye. Many people like him work in the background and make fun stick. And I'm truly grateful for him for being on the show and being candid about his experience and time within Indian Venture. I wish you all the best for your time at Bridge and I'm sure you guys will crush it, Jitesh. Well, if you are like me and you enjoyed that episode, make sure that you hit the subscribe button and please go ahead and rate and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. It really helps us get discovered and most importantly, you will get notified every time we release a new episode. 
Well, if you're still here listening to me, I'd like to thank you. And most importantly, let you know that we've got a great list of investors and other professionals who are part of Indian Venture as part of the lineup in the next few weeks. So make sure that you tune back in again. And until then, stay safe, everybody, and keep hustling.